rolling? <laughs> we are, but we, I, I wasn't. <laughs> As you probably know, after working out a couple times with me. So, <laughs> it's true, it's true. It's so funny, because like, that's what's so amazing about this business, but also equally frustrating. Those are the ones that I feel like I grow the most from. Yeah. Because if I can capture an audience that is not there to listen to me, imagine what I could do. Hello and welcome back to Redirected. I'm your host, Andrew East, and this is a show where we sit down with celebrities, athletes, entrepreneurs, really anybody who has gone through a significant pivot in life. I call these pivots redirections, and the goal is to help you and me with the unexpected events that we encounter in life because we all go through them at one time or another. Today, we sit down and talk with country music star Kylie Fry, who has an amazingly bright future ahead of her. I can't wait to see what's next for her, and if you want to find out more about her and her music, you can find out in the show notes down below. There's a couple links, and Kylie talks to us about how she pivots from being a rodeo gal in southern Louisiana to ultimately pursuing her her dream and passion of music. This was a really fun interview and I enjoyed my time with Kylie and she has some wonderful words of wisdom and things to share with us. Before we get started, I would be very grateful and appreciative if you could subscribe to this show on whatever platform you're listening to and also give it a five-star rating. It really helps the show out and uh, I just love to see what you guys have to say when you leave a little note and comment in the review. So let's just go ahead and jump in this one with Kylie Fry. Welcome yes. back to Nashville. Thank you. Big weekend. Thank you. Tell us about it. Really great weekend. Um, I got to play play two big festivals, um, Country Boom and Windy City Smokeout. Um, and so Windy City Smokeout is one of the biggest country music festivals. Um, and so it's really cool that I get to be a part of it um, and go to Wisconsin and Chicago and experience the whole thing. And so... Wait, Windy City Smokeout was the one in Chicago. Chicago, though, right? yes. Right, I yeah. figured. Um, you were... You were also, this is one of the first times we hung out at Stagecoach. Yes. Is that not one of the biggest country music festivals? It is, yes. So it, um, Windy City is not as big as Stagecoach. Gotcha. So Stagecoach is just massive Huge. and is like the Coachella of country, you yeah. know. Um, and so Windy City Smokeout would be um, just right under that, which is, for someone in my position, is just really amazing and it's just always a treat for me to be a part of. You know, so um, can you rank what are what are like the top three biggest music festivals? I have an, a rough idea. Music festivals One, in two, general yeah. or country? Country, sorry, yeah, country. Um, I would put Stagecoach at the top. Really? Yes. Okay, not um, CMA Fest. Well, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to Close. say because in my mind, like CMA Fest, um, I don't know. For me, it's more of an industry thing. Um, but I guess, yeah, it is a festival. So okay. maybe that would be the okay, top. Okay, all right, all right. Okay, so, okay, all right. So we have CMA Fest, and then we'd have probably Stagecoach, and then like Windy City Smokeout. Wow. So, um. You've had a big yeah. year. I mean, you've played I have. at all of it's those. It's been really cool. You've played at every single one of those. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. We just Thank met, you. uh, I guess, hold on. Well, this is a, fun, <laughs> this is a funny backstory. Uh, we have interacted i guess over the past year right kind of i had a friend who was living close to you right and apparently i was being loud and obnoxious and right you were filing complaints against your neighbor who ended up being me <laughs> right and, and then we ended up meeting after that yes. and here we are sitting so yes. uh sorry about me being so loud and obnoxious. i was probably recording a podcast or something you know probably but- <laughs> it's funny i like now that i think about it like i remember 
like seeing Nash there maybe once or twice. Yeah. Um. So he's a good boy. He's a great boy. Nash. I'm. I was laughing trying to reflect over like the first couple times we hung out. Uh, the first was I guess technically me like causing disturbances. Sure. Second yeah. was, um, I think maybe we were at the gym and I was like, you know, being that guy with the shirt off or something like that. So not a great f- second impression. Then we did like a coffee tasting, super bougie. Sure. Probably not great either. So I'm just, I'm start off kind of <laughs> to a, a rough start, but hopefully we can recover you know from what? that. You know what? It's fine. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we're here on the podcast now. Yeah. We're here to, to, to redirect that. That's right. So. <laughs> so tell me about, um, tell me about where you grew up and what your family's like. So I grew up in South Louisiana in a town called Opelousas, which is right above Lafayette. And so, um, I come from a big rodeo family and um, my childhood was basically all rodeo all the time. Um, and my parents um, are actually really wonderful. They built um, a business from the ground up. Um, they sell boudin. Do you know what boudin is? No, I, I, there's so many words that you just said that I either have no experience with or don't even know what they mean. So <laughs> That's great. First That's of all, awesome. First of all, we say La- Lafayette. In Indiana. Oh, well, there, there probably there is a Lafayette in Indiana, right? But you guys say laugh. But I that's that's how word. you tell the difference, probably if it's. And then your Indiana. town was Appaloosas. Appaloosas. Sorry. No, you're good. I don't even know how to begin to say that. Most people Louisi- screw it up. So Louisiana is a different. Kind of, and then Boudin. It's great. What is Boudin? Boudin. Yeah. No. <laughs> what? Boudin. <laughs> what? Boudin. Say. Boudin. Eh. And, not and? Eh. Like, eh. Eh. Boudin. Yes. Yes. What is that? So, um, it's basically pig. So, it's pork. And I'm just going to say that. Oh. And it's rice and um, bell peppers and onions and all kind of red pepper and Cajun seasoning um, in a casing. So sort of like sausage, huh? Um, but sort of like a rice dressing in a sausage casing, and it's Louisiana. I probably should have brought you some. I will bring you some eventually. I thought I was gonna wear a Kylie Fry shirt during this whole interview oh, too. Oh, it's in my car. Oh, it's too late now. Okay, that's too bad. Okay. Um. So is this is this what makes country music stars? This diet of boudet? <laughs> actually no it's really um it's actually really healthy for you not but um yeah i have to stay away from it okay. i actually actually only like eat it every now and then when i go home like i grew i grew up around it like yeah. my parents started the business when i was just a toddler um and they actually never intended to make booty at all so um so nice it's this funny thing that we just um my family ended up doing and um, becoming really good at. So uh, I don't eat a lot of it because I can't because the hips. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's really great. And so, so my parents, you know, I, I came from seeing them building something from nothing. Um, and so my dad was a, a bronc rider. Is this what you is this what you did bronc riding? No. So I tied goats and I roped calves. Okay. Yeah. On a horse. On a horse. So, um, have you ever maybe seen calf roping? 
I've seen um, barrel racing. Yeah, I ha- actually have. It's like yes. goes real quick. Yes, real quick. So you're on a horse and you rope a calf. You step off. You flank the calf and then you tie three legs, right? I don't so, know. Yeah. So when you flank it, <laughs> so yeah. essentially like you, you grab the front leg and then you grab a flank, you're which is this, like the um, – it's a piece of skin – um, I do that with Nash sometimes, my dog. Yes, yes. Like pick you, him up by you, all the legs. Yes, yes. And he hates it. Do you tie him? No. <laughs> that would just be mean. No, no, yeah. Nash doesn't deserve that. Yeah, no, Nash does not like He's getting He's a good flanked. boy. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so, um, so like the female version, so to say, of that would be um, that you just rope the calf um, in breakaway roping. And so the rope would pop off the saddle horn and that's where your time stops. And so that's one event. And then, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so goat tying is the other end of that where there's a goat staked, um, on the end of the arena. And so you run down on a horse and you hang off the horse as it, as it's running. Okay. And, Whoa, um, freaking sweet. It's great. It's, it's you're like ripping it like this. Like, yeah, you're like, you're hanging on to the saddle horn. And I want to do that one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, your biceps have to, have to find be you like a big horse, though. You're you're a you're a big guy. <laughs> okay, wait. So you you're, you're running around the arena like this. Yeah. So we're a straight line down the arena, and so you're hanging on. You got the reins in this hand, and you got the saddle horn, and you you're just you got your right leg down, and your left um, foot is in the stirrup, right? And so you're running down, and then you step off before you get to the goat. And then you run down the rope, and um, you flank the goat, and you tie three legs, and that's when your time stops. Wow. Yeah. And you were pretty good at it. Um, state champ. Yeah, state champion goat tire. What up? Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. We did not have rodeo in Indiana, so lettering in rodeo wasn't um, a thing. I bet y'all had a little bit. Sorry. Yes, we probably it probably did. just I'm wasn't sorry. anywhere around you. It's, it's really weird. Like, there's certain regions. Yes. That have it. Yeah. Some that don't. Yes. Uh, I went to like a kind of inner city high school. Okay. So rodeo was not on the, on gotcha. the radar. Gotcha. But uh, do you still rodeo? So um, I, well, I'll tie a goat every now and then. Um, and <laughs> I'll go. <laughs> I help teach um, sometimes. And um, I actually wish I could rope more calves than I do like I miss being on the back of a horse because that's where my mind is the most free that's like I feel like song ideas are just endless when I'm on the back of a horse that's yeah yeah so um I I do miss that a lot um and it's a a, obviously a goal of mine um to have the the Reba Ranch one day and get to to sort of do both I don't know what a Reba Ranch is so Reba Reba has a big ranch yeah she's known for this Yes, yeah, so Reba um, actually got her start um, by singing the national anthem at the NFR, which is basically like the Super Bowl of rodeo. Sweet. So, um, yeah, my grandpa always told me that because that's sort of how I got started. That is how I got started um, in music. So no music in my family. And so I was the first to just pick this up, right? I was really bad at it. And I, I don't know why, but I just always love to sing. And um, 
my aunt asked me to sing the national anthem. Um, they put on this rodeo every year at their house. They have a big arena. And she asked me to sing the national anthem, and I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And so I think I was about maybe six years old, and, um, and I sang the national anthem, and I was hooked. And so, like, when you're, like, six singing the anthem, like, it's really cute, right? And it doesn't matter if you're good or you're bad. Right. And then you, like, get older, and if you're still bad, it's, like, not that great. So um, even my dad, like, you know, the one person in life that is supposed to be, like, you're amazing at everything, was like, you should probably go practice that note right there. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, it's, it's fun because – I don't think I'd be do, like playing music at all if it wasn't for rodeo. Um, so, wow, yeah. what a kind of cool yeah. story! You fell in love with one and then kind of yeah. introduced you to the other. Yeah. So you weren't good at music for how long? Before? Well, <laughs> yeah. So I actually, um, fun fact, I had a lisp. Okay. Um, and it wasn't a horrible lisp, but it was bad enough to like get in the way of my vocal range. Hmm. And so um, I think my parents were like, okay, well, if we're going to have to listen to her sing all the time, maybe <laughs> we should get her some lessons. And so um, I ended up working with um, with a vocal coach who ended up sort of becoming like my songwriting mentor and whatnot. Wow. Um, and so she discovered that I had this lisp, um, which I guess we knew, but it wasn't a big deal, right? Um, and it was getting in the way of me being able to reach notes. And so I wore a tongue bar. Um, do you know what that is? No. So what? Um, not a lot of people do. I wouldn't if I didn't have to wear one. So it's a, um, I guess it's essentially like a retainer. So it wraps around your molars in the back. And then it runs, it's a wire that runs on the inside of your, um, your palate. And then it makes, it zigzags like right behind your front teeth. Really? Mm-hmm. And it creates a fence so your, your tongue can't thrust beyond really? that point. Huh. Um, it gets pretty gnarly. Like people will put spikes on them and stuff like that. Um, if they have a bad lisp. Yeah. Whoa. Mine wasn't bad enough to have spikes. So. Oh my gosh. It would like, regardless, it will like make your tongue a little rough. So I wore that for about, um, a year in like the eighth grade. And, um, uh, it was like around the time where everyone was like going through puberty and like making out with boys and stuff and I'm like how's another tongue supposed to fit in here <laughs> and so it was just really weird um, and I would spit on people all the time because I couldn't control it um, so that was fun are you talking about when you were making out with people no we, we no no I just gleek uh, uh, just yes you know gleeking yes is gleeking something that everybody knows yeah my brother used to gleek on me all the time it was gross I still don't know it how is to do gross. it it is gross. I don't know how to do it. Anyway. I can't. I can't make myself do it. But like, cause it's yeah, it's a tongue thing. Wow. And so, um, I guess like when my tongue would hit that fence, and then it would just, just <laughs> <laughs> shoot oh, him in the man. eye, you know. Oh, <laughs> so you got the lisp fixed, though. So yes, we corrected the lisp, um, and it just sort of grew from there. Um, got better at the whole anthem scene. And um, I think around like 13 or 14, I learned how to play guitar. And um, it just sort of took off from there. Can I ask you a, a vague question? Tell me, yeah. What makes you love music so much that you would wear a tongue bar during such a tough, um, tough time? So that's a really great question. Um, at that point, I don't think I had the... 
I, I didn't obviously didn't know that I was going to be doing this. Like I thought that I would, um, be Miss Rodeo America one day and, you know, um, for sure college rodeo. Um, and then after that, who knew, but, um, that's what I thought that I was going to do. And so, um, singing was just like something that I did and I don't know. I don't know why I wore the tongue bar. You were committed. I guess I was. Yeah. When did uh, rodeo start taking a back seat? Oh, that's a very good question. So I um, I was, I'm not the most athletic person, as you probably know, after <laughs> working out a couple times with yeah. me. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. So um, I... I, but I, I still loved it, and I worked really hard at it. Um, and so I always say that anything that I've ever done, I've never really been naturally talented at it. I've just worked harder than everyone. Um, probably the same with music. Um, and so with rodeo, I, um, I it, my uh, freshman year, I missed out um, going to nationals, so they take the top four in the state. To nationals, right? And so I ended up fifth by one point. Stop. Mm-hmm. But uh. my sister ended up in the fourth hole. My sister's two years older than me. Your so sister she, was a four slot? She's the fourth slot. Oh, the drama. Yeah, I know. Um, but I actually um, ended up winning um, the the title for um, my state. Um, I was the rodeo queen that year. So, yeah. So nice. I ended up, um, and I didn't expect to win that. I wasn't trying to win it. I was like, let me just get my feet wet, and then next year I'm going to go for it. But I ended up winning. Um, so I, I went to nationals anyway. My sister made it in that fourth hole, and so we were we were going anyway. Okay. Um, so it was good. But um, ending up in, in that fifth slot um, the next year, I was like, that saddle is mine. Um, so when you, when you win state, um, you get a saddle, you get a saddle. Sweet yeah. trophy. Yeah. So, um, the next, so I, I, I did my queening and I reigned, um, as our queen, which was awesome and really great. Um, and so, but that next year I, um, I was outside tying a goat at least five days a week. I was so committed. I could see it in my head. Um, and I was just consistent all year. I don't. I think I maybe won one rodeo out of twenty-four that year. Yes, and oh. so, but I placed at every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And so, um, by the time that I ended up going into state, um, I was like twenty points ahead of everyone else, which is a which is a big mm-hmm. gap um, for me for anyone at that time. And so um, I went into state, and I ended up uh, beating out my sister and all her senior friends, wow. and so and I won state that year. Um, and so the next year is when I went to um, Pensacola. I went to Pensacola with um, with this vocal coach that I was talking about, mm-hmm. and we um, we went to the Songwriters Festival. And so, and it was just kind of one of those things where she's like, oh, like, this looks fun. Like, I need a vacation. Like, I'm going to take a couple of my students. And um, it was right after nationals, and it was right in between when um, we got back, and I was going to 
go back to high school, you know, for the, for the year. And, um, I sat in this little bar in Pensacola, Florida, and I listened to these three ladies, um, sing their songs. And it was this little Italian restaurant. It was like the coolest setting. It was, uh, low lighting. And, um, I, I cried and I laughed and I just, I just had that, um, life, that, that redirection, I mm-hmm. guess, where it was like, this is what I want to do. I want to make someone feel something that I just felt. And, um, you know, I, I felt like I had hit the pinnacle of what I could do as, as far as rodeo was concerned. Wow. And so, cause I, I, you know, I wasn't that talented at it. So, um, my heart just kind of switched directions on me. Wow. And so, um, I did rodeo my junior year. Um, I think I got second in state that year. And then my senior year, I was just so, um, ate up with music that it really took a, um, a backseat rodeo did. Um, and I, I regret that a little bit. Like I wish I would have pushed myself more and went to nationals, um, and whatnot. But also at the same time, I was, um, I felt like I had to make up for lost time in the music business because like I knew people that were my age and already in Nashville and, and doing this. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of cool how, um, one thing led in to the other like Mm -hmm. that, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So what do you do with that? Do you move to Nashville right after you graduate? I did not. So I was supposed to come to MTSU Mm -hmm. and, um, I was signed up, ready to go, hadn't paid for anything yet, but um, I was so ready to get out of South Louisiana, and something inside of me was just like, it's not your time, and which was difficult. So I ended up not going, and I stayed back and um, did one semester of community college. Um, also, I was like playing three and four nights a week, um, making cash money in these dive bars. <laughs> it was so great um, and so much fun. And um, But with that, I mean, I was singing, you know, three or four hours a night, and then if someone would throw 100 bucks in the tip jar, like, I'd go an extra hour, like, wow. you know. So, um, and I had a guitar player with me, um, and he would sing a little bit, but it was mainly all on me, uh, which I didn't mind at all. But um, from that, I ended up, um, developing a polyp on my vocal cord. Oh my God. Really early. Yeah. You're like the third person I've heard about this it's, from this week. It's like, wait, a, really? Yeah. It's like the worst. It's so scary. <laughs> it's it a little like, so your vocal cords are, I mean, you describe it. You're no, better. you go ahead. Yeah. It's, it's, you literally have almost tendons are your vocal cords. It looks mm-hmm. like like little white tendons and there's like a, just a cyst that mm-hmm. kind of develops and it blocks the way they function and prevents them from working correctly. Yeah. So essentially it would be like, so I like, you know, we all have like calluses and see like you yeah. probably have calluses from like working out and stuff. I have them on my fingers from playing guitar. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially sort of this callus that forms on your vocal cords um, when you're overusing oh them gosh. to, it's, I mean, it's your body's way of trying to protect itself, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and it's a really tough thing. My buddy went um, on voice rest for one month. Didn't talk. Had to wear a pin. Oh, didn't talk? Said, I was, I'm was. i on voice rest. <gasps> no. <laughs> That's what he would do. Go to the grocery. I can't talk. I'm on Oh, no. Rest. See, I yeah. went on a six-month 
voice. Yeah. Whoa. Yes. Were the but band I and didn't, everything? I didn't. I talked. I just okay. didn't sing. Gotcha. Um, I tried to talk, you know, as like little as possible. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was so funny because like I was like went from like being in a bar like pretty much like four or five nights a week, right? To just like you need to rest. You need to take naps during the day. Like minimal drinking. Um. All of that stuff. And so um, I was in, it was like the beginning of that semester of college. And so I was working at my aunt's Western store and um, going to college. And I I think that was like my first gym membership that I've ever had. And so I had a a friend that worked out there and she just sort of like told me what to do. And so I kind of had like freshman minus 15. Because I was so miserable and, like, not partying or anything. Um, and so I had that six-month hiatus from writing songs and whatnot. And so it just sort of, like, made me take a step back and um, and just look at things differently. And it's like, okay, I've um, – for, you know, a girl right out of high school, um, you know, with all this, like, cash coming in, like, I thought I was doing really well, right? Um and then it's just like, okay, well, I want, I want more than this. You know, I want to get out of my hometown. Um, I, I want to do more. And I, I don't want to get stuck here with a polyp or a, a nodule on my vocal cord and whatnot. You know, so I'm going to really take care of myself and, um, and get better. And then just sort of reevaluate from there, right? And so... Um, I was finishing up the semester of college, and I was on the the back end of this hiatus, and I, I remember I, I was um, in the living room, and I think my mom was out playing Pekino or something. She wasn't home, but it was me and my dad, um, and I was, like, sitting on the recliner. Pekino. Do you know what that is? What is going on? <laughs> we live in two different worlds, Kylie. What? I'm shook. I heard so, that. I, was like, I can't talk to you. What? Is that not a thing is that a plant? here? No. So, <laughs> what? Um, it's like, I think it's a card game. I don't know. I've never actually played it. But no, so, like, my mom and, like, her girlfriends, like, get, would get together and, like, oh like gosh. once a month. And, yeah. <laughs> sure, okay. and, like, play this game. It's called Pekino. Okay. Or, um, so yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So there's Funny, that. I'm glad. You're, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think everyone just knows these things. Yeah. And it's probably no, it's just a South Louisiana thing, as most things are. But uh. So yeah, it was just me and my dad home, and I was on the recliner, like studying these flashcards, right? And uh, by the way, like I was, I had no idea what I wanted a degree in because what I wanted to do, there was no degree for it, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was just like sort of a general studies thing. And so I was, you know, looking at my flashcards and, and my dad was on the couch and we were watching Miranda Lambert's backstory. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess about halfway through this this episode that we were watching, um, he just paused the TV and he was like, hey, um, why don't you just quit college? And I was like, what? Your dad. My dad, yeah. Wow. And I was like, why? And he was like, he's like, I have never seen you more miserable in my life. 
and um, I would rather you be happy, see you be happy, and do what you love. He's like, you're on, you're about to be able to sing again, you know, um, you know how to do it the right way this time, and you've got a window of opportunity as a female country singer, right? And um, you can always go back to college. He's like, I, I went back to college at 26, and, um, and he was first one to get a degree in his family, you know, and so he's like, if he's like, I raise you to be the person, like, if, if you want to do something, you're going to do it, and um, he's like, so why don't you just do it, and I'm like, okay, well, are you going to tell mom that, or am I, <laughs> and um, so eventually she got on board, and um, I recorded an EP in my garage, um, and I had no idea what I was doing, I just know, I just knew I had these, like, 10 songs right and so we ended up doing like seven of them and um I had this project and um I, I knew of like the Texas music scene because of rodeo and essentially being there almost every mm -hmm. weekend um so we ended up going to Texas with it and I had a number one song in Texas off of that EP that I recorded in my garage Jeez. so um uh, that was the one with Randy Rogers. No, so it was Ain't actually enough beer? no. It was actually a song before that. Um, it's called Rodeo Man. Okay. Yes. Okay. Sorry, Mike. No, no, my. you're good. You're good. So. Ain't uh, enough beer. Yeah, you got bar. it. <laughs> yes. It's <laughs> a good. Song. Yes. <laughs> you were like 14 when you wrote that song, probably. No, so okay, sorry. All right. that we'll song. Um, I actually, I'll get to it. Okay. Um, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. Okay. So, um, number one song, in number Texas. one song in Texas, which is really great. Um, and I'd started traveling to Nashville back and forth, um, during that time. And so I, um, started writing songs with people here and just getting to meet different people in the industry. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, so essentially I met, uh, my producer now, um, who's Paul Worley. He's produced the Dixie Chicks and Lady Antebellum and, um, lots Solid of really huge acts. Yeah. Grammy, Grammy award winning guy, uh, which is awesome. So, um, I met him and, and he was like, you know, if, if you want to play with the big dogs, you gotta be in the ballpark. So I moved here. Is that um, what he said verbatim? That's exactly what he said. If you want to play with a big dog, you gotta be in the ballpark. <laughs> it's, it's exactly what he said. Yes. That's awesome. Word for word. I mean, yes. Wow. That's yeah. gonna go in your autobiography. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He also had, um, I had this made too. He had a plaque. I'll never forget the first time I walked in his office and I saw the Grammys. I'm a huge Dixie Chicks fan. Okay. Huge. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so, um, I walk in, I see all these Grammys and, um, and he has this plaque like right next to them and um and it's this quote and it's like from the Dixie Chicks and it says if you suck the lollipop of mediocrity oh sorry if you lick the lollipop of mediocrity you suck forever whoa yeah and I just read that and like next to all of these Grammys and I was like wow <laughs> and so I actually had that quote put on a um a canvas and it's hanging up in my apartment but so anyway that's great um so I met Paul and I moved up here um and so, and we essentially started recording, and that's when we got um, that duet with Randy Rogers and recorded enough beer um, all in one day. So one day, yeah, yeah. Those are like your top two songs, right? Yes, that's a that's a big day. It's it was a good day, yeah. Um, it's so 
it, it took me a while to release um, the second song from that. Um, the TV show was a big part of that. Um, I had sort of went through some some a lot of changes in my career and whatnot, um, and so we put out um, the song with Randy, which is amazing. And Randy Rogers is so awesome and has given me so much like incredible advice. Um, one of which is just to like focus on songwriting. Support for today's episode comes from Skillshare, which is an online learning community for creators. With more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more, you'll discover countless ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity, and career. Take classes in social media marketing, mobile photography, creative writing, or even illustration. Whether you're looking to discover a new passion, start a side hustle, or gain new professional skills, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right, Skillshare is offering redirect listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com East. Again, go to Skillshare.com East to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com East. Because that's kind of like the, from a business perspective, kind of the more sustainable if you write a, if you write a hit song yeah it's it's almost a more sure thing i don't know nothing about the music industry but like being a breakout artist is yeah. like striking gold whereas like writing just kind of yes solid songs and is, also like as far as like an artist is concerned i feel like there's just a certain level of respect like when you establish yourself as a songwriter um and then go into your artistry Hmm. Um, which is really cool. Like Taylor um, Swift for ish, <laughs> ish. Okay. Um, sort of more like Casey Musgraves. Okay, great. I love so, her. Yes, because, so she had hits with Miranda and like big cuts before she even came out with that um, first major label record. Yeah. Um. So. So yeah, basically, I sat on my butt and wrote songs for two years. Mm-hmm. Um. And just going through some, you know, bad business stuff and sort of had a bad taste in my mouth. And um, so I just kind of sunk my heels in the sand and was like, you know, I'm just going to write songs and um, and ride these couple of things out and um, and and get better with my craft of of writing songs. Um, Because those first couple of songs I did not write because I moved here with the mentality of the, the best song wins. And so, uh, whether it's my song or not. And so, um, yeah, I just, I just wrote songs for a couple of years, and um, we tried to record a little bit of music, and um, hadn't put anything out from that. Um, and then I got a call for this TV show, um, which was Real Country, and ended up on that. Um, Team Shania Twain, what up? Yeah, didn't yeah. you get like a personal call from Shania herself? So um, I got a letter from her, which was really awesome. Um, I So I dressed up as Shania Twain for career day in kindergarten. Oh, gosh, nice. Yeah, career day. I was Vasco da Gama. Do you know? No, I don't. He's the guy that uh, created the spice trade between Portugal and India. But 
That's amazing. <laughs> what? Anyway, should You're I? You're a nerd. Should, That's awesome. <laughs> should yes. I toy a little better? But go ahead. <laughs> so you dressed up. I yes, I dressed up for uh, as her for career day in kindergarten. So um, it was it was really awesome to to be on the first season of her show mm-hmm. on her team and whatnot. It was just a big full circle moment. Um, so it's Shania Twain, Jake Owen. And, and Travis Tripp. Travis Tripp. Yes. Who's, he, uh, what's his song with the, where he does the dog woofing? The what? He, he has a song. Oh, geez, shoot. The, Travis Tripp. What did you say? The what? He, he, the he what like woofing? howls in one of his songs. Travis Tripp. <laughs> you know what I'm talking what about? What did you call it? Woofing. i've never heard that (laughs) what's the name of the song what is that song um Uh, i know it's a great song i can hear the melody in my head right now uh it's something like great day to be alive yes 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 yeah uh so that well tell me this before we talk about the effect the show had on your career starting off from like zero in mm-hmm. your music career yeah what is the in an ideal world the perfect trajectory for a musician if that exists like, i don't think it does okay so like you literally just start playing and then hopefully catch a break at some point well like, it's it's so funny because like that's what's so amazing about this business but also equally frustrating mm-hmm. um it's because like there's no textbook way to do it Right. And everyone has their own path. And the music business is constantly evolving. Um, and so, like, the, like the trend right now is to put out, you know, the single and, like, two other versions and, and whatnot. And so, um, but, like, tomorrow it's going to be something totally different. Um, so it's, it's just keeping up with sort of what's going on. Um, but in my mind like my goal is to um just stay true to myself and not try to chase the trends too much you know obviously you have to keep up with the times but um I think authenticity sticks out in the end way more than than trying to um mold yourself into something that already exists but it's so it's difficult because uh, like in my career, yes. the end goal is very, very clear of like, hey, you do X, Y, and Z. Right. You got you play in high school and you get sure. recruited to D1 and then you go to the draft and then you go to the NFL. Yeah. And then you make that stick as long as possible. Yeah. There's no like yeah. uh, structure really to the music business like that. Right. I'm I'm jealous of your. <laughs> yeah. I think they're. This yeah. is X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, you know, and I could be completely wrong. Maybe you get somebody else in here that's like, oh, no, well, like, they should just do this. Um, but from my experience, everyone has their own journey with this, mm-hmm. um, which is what makes it so cool. Right. Um, but um, it actually, like, this weekend, like, so we have um, our motorhome that we grew up rodeoing in. We've had it for about 15 years. And so um, my parents just kept it, um, obviously, because I was – gonna be traveling the rest Mm -hmm. of my life and um which I love and so I was uh driving our motorhome down you know um up the road and I could start to see like the the pieces of it because obviously like I see the end goal and I see the vision like I see the big arenas I see the Grammys you know I see all of that um but it's a little bit harder for me to to put those smaller pieces together because um because there is no right or wrong way to do it. And I always knew that like my path would be a little bit unconventional, uh, which is fine with me. But with that, it's like, 
how do we go about this? Um, so uh, I'm f finally getting all of those moving parts together. Um, and my, my booking agency that I actually, uh, we shook hands right before the show, um, which is really great. And I found a company that totally believes in me and what I'm doing and wants to build me through my live show. Um, which shook hands has meant like you, you signed the contract. No, we didn't sign a contract. You just shook hands. We shook hands. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Old school. Yeah. The way you speak is hilarious. How? <laughs> 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 no, just like, I don't know. I, I can't. Anyway. Anyway. Um, okay. So you go on Real Country. Yes. And that was a huge, huge boost to your Yeah. Career, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I, so I shook hands with the booking agent, like right before the show. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I didn't have management at that point. Um, I, I had, I had talked to my management before and everything, but I, I wasn't ready to make that commitment because it's big commitment. And yeah, I'd went down that road and had not been successful. So, um, yeah, I had just come from writing songs for a couple of years to, hey, come be on the show. Um, wow. And so I actually didn't take it seriously at first because I'm like, I'd, I have no interest in being on a show. Like, I don't want to sign my life away, all of this stuff. And so um, I went to the audition just, like, as practice. Because, um, like, my motto being here has always been show up, mm -hmm. you know. Because um, the times that I least expect things to happen um, is when they do. So um, I showed up and I did the audition and whatnot um, and I ended up getting on this show. And um, it, it was really amazing in the sense of like all of the artists on the show were um, already artists and already like building a career for themselves. And so we all just became friends and like bonded over what we're all doing instead of like making it a competition. Um, so like, sure, it would have been awesome to win the hundred grand, but right. <laughs> you know, um, like the friendships that I made and the experience that I got off of that show was just incredible. And so, um, coming off of that show, it's just everything that I had, um, in sort of in the works just made it all make sense. Um, and it, it, made it make sense to release a song that I recorded two years prior, mm. you know? Um, so yeah, I'm really thankful for the show. And that you did so well on that show that, uh, it opened up the opportunity to go to stagecoach. It and did. Then yes. Yeah. Do you just parlay these opportunities of like, Hey, Kylie played a stagecoach. So you're, you're pitching windy city right. country music. And so like, just yeah. like door, it after just, door it just builds it. Like it's, uh, it's a resume builder. Right. So, um, stagecoach was, was huge. Like to see that on, um, on a bio, it's like, Oh wow. Cause obviously like it's a really big thing, country music. So, um, I'm sorry. Some would say the biggest music festival. Right. Others would say, others would say, CMA CMA Fest. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> but it's really, it's really given you like kind of nas nationwide, uh, acclaim. Right. There's, I told you this, there's couple guys on the Redskins who are like I love that from Louisiana they're like Kylie Fry I love that she's a real deal yes um, <laughs> so that's I, great I'm sure you've heard this but you were talking about how you spent night after night in a bar playing music you mm -hmm. had to learn how to play guitar was guitar like not your 
No, it was not. Yeah. No. Um, but how valuable that you were forced to be in that position. I Just stu- like the Beatles. Right. Have you heard this? The The Beatles went to Hamburg and had to play. They played like eight hours a day. Oh, the ten thousand the ten thousand hour rule. Like, wow, this is yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were like, they yeah. spent, I don't know, two years in yeah. Hamburg playing like eight hours a day. Wow, and they say that that was the formative time where the Beatles yeah. really became the Beatles. Absolutely, kind of sounds like a similar. Uh, that those are big shoes to well, <laughs> stand I mean, but, next but to. The, the, you know, <laughs> the theory of like you're forced to play in unideal situations sure. to develop your skills. And yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. A lot of people don't make it through that phase cuz they're like I don't want to f- I don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Sure. That's yeah. Not fun. Um and you know what? I'm I'm still like I still have to go play um in in situations where um no one knows my name and I have to weave my original songs through um some covers to to get people going and to get them interested and whatnot. Yeah. And sometimes they're not ideal situations, but um, those are the ones that I feel like I grow the most from. Yeah. Because if I can capture an audience that is not there to listen to me, imagine what I could do with an audience that I have in the palm of my hand from the beginning. Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, it, yeah. I respect the humility of like um – you have to still do some things, even though oh, yeah, you, you've sure. taken a huge, you've jumped a huge hurdle in right. your career. It's like, I'm still not where I want to be. And some people are arrogant. They're like, Oh, I'm too good for that now. But you're like, right. I'm going to still grind it out. And absolutely. Happen. Yeah. You have to, that's a super important mentality. So yeah. Hats off to you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's also interesting to me. I just, I've heard so many nightmare stories about the music industry and the business, like you <laughs> yeah. mentioning some tough yeah. business deals with that. Yeah. I wonder if it's because it is so convoluted. There's such a lack of structure. Mm-hmm. Like the NFL, we have agents as players, yeah. but they're, they're kind of constrained by laws yeah. of the broader, like NFL. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's no. That's so interesting that you say that because that makes so much sense. Like, it's, there's it's like no, the Wild West. Then. It is. It is. It it's is. like, oh, hey, all of a sudden, Andrew East is a music manager. Right. Exactly. You <laughs> I could have be. no credit. Yeah. And I don't know what I'm doing. and I could screw you over. Yeah. So that's kind of dirty. It, yeah. But there, there are so many horror stories. Um, I mean, I could go on about some of my experiences and my friends and whatnot. But um, – when you get past that, like there are some really wonderful people mm-hmm. and, um, I've been really fortunate to, um, encounter them. And I like probably the most valuable thing, um, that I can say that I've learned so far is that, um, you know, it, it's, it's really important to work with people that, uh, you genuinely like and respect and, um, true if, in all industries. <laughs> I mean, um, because it's, it's really easy to chase, um, like, oh, this person's hot right now. So like, I need to be working with them and uh, sure. It's like, that's great that they're successful Mm. and maybe that is the person for you. But, um, this guy over here is really passionate about you who may not have as much going on, but he's going to work his butt off for you. Um, typically that's the guy that's going to get you to the top, you know? Um, so it, I mean, it's easy to be like blinded by what someone else has going on. But, um, I think the best way I've heard it put is that you can't really catch someone else's magic. Like what they have going on is, um, 
and the, the people that they have success with, um, like there's a reason why those, that group of people has success because they have chemistry together. And it doesn't mean that you're going to jump into what they're doing and automatically be successful. Right. You know, um, you have to create your own magic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So. I like that. <laughs> Easy, easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. Gotcha. That is one frustration that I, I have with other people is like, well, first of all, so insightful that you can't just, oh, this person's hot. So I'm going to jump right. ship on this person that's been working for me for a year to try to bite like, you in the butt. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't work like that. And yeah. there's, I just ran a marathon. So this is the okay. most readily available analogy, but like there is, uh, I feel like sprint mode and marathon mode and marathon mode sure. kind of prepares yes. you for that time where it's like, yeah. Hey, I'm finally, I'm finally well enough conditioned that I can freaking hit it hard. Right. But don't, don't just view this last part of me, right. like really getting after it without seeing the whole picture of mm -hmm. this training that I've been going through. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's like yeah. people always want that. Oh, I love but, that you said, that's know. a great analogy. High five. Wow. That's thank great. You. Thank you. Thank wow. You. Wow. A, I'm enlightened. We've been giving nuts all day and then we get a high five. I love that. Because there is it's a It's so accurate. Yeah, it's like you got to. Yeah. You got to. Because you it. hear all the time in the music industry, like, oh, overnight success. And it's like, yeah, overnight in 10 years, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just sort of the running joke. and it's But it's so true. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a marathon. Okay. What goals do you have now with your career? Um, long term or short term? Tell me long term. Long term? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, uh, long term would be the stadiums, Grammys. Um, I don't know why. Grammys are just such a big thing for me. I, I just think that um, just being up next to um, all genres and being able to stand out um, not only in the lane that you're in, but overall um, mm -hmm. is really big. So, um, yeah. And that's in Texas country specifically? Um, not, not necessarily. Um, it's, I mean, the bigger picture, you know. Okay. Um, but what's really cool is that I was sort of, um, I sort of fell into this, this fan base that is Texas country music. And it is so awesome and amazing and wonderful. Um, Casey Musgraves came from it. Miranda Lambert came from it. And uh, Eli Young Band. And the type it, of people that eat uh, booty. Boudin, yes. <laughs> Boudin loving people. That's right. That yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And there's just good down-home people that love and respect country music and will go and, and listen to someone like me who maybe they haven't heard of. Um in a bar with just me and an acoustic guitar and, yeah. and fall in love with, with the songs and the storytelling and the artistry. Um, it's just really loyal fans and um, really a great thing going um, down there. And so um, I, I love my Texas. I love the bass. Um, I am a Louisiana girl. Everyone thinks I'm from Texas. But, um, yeah, I just – I want to just stay loyal to th that fan base but also um, – expand in a way that allows me to um, sound like what I want to sound like mm -hmm. and um, be the, the best 
version of me, you know, as far as an artist or songwriter. Be the best version of you. Yeah. We need a painting in the house with that. Right, like right. Because, so I, I grew up on Shania Twain, right? Yeah. And so, big idol of mine. And, I like, I grew up in, like, sort of before social media. So, like, all, like, all that I saw of, like, my idols, right, was, like, the magazine covers and the music videos and um, like the big um, album covers and whatnot. And it was just this larger than life human that I saw. Right. And I am, I always like starting out, I was thought that I had to be that. And I had to like, you know, just be all dialed up all the time and my hair blowing in the wind and like it. And it was to the point where it was like something Maybe something that I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, and somewhere along the way it was like, oh, I don't have to be the next Shania Twain. I can be the first Kylie Fry. It really takes time to like get to that point of realization <sighs> that like, oh, I just got to. Did you have gotta, to go through that? Oh, with football. Yeah. It, it took it took me five years. Wow. Until I was 26 to get to that point of like, oh, I, I actually have my own unique talents. Yes that I need to focus on instead of trying to fit in this box. Yeah. But I don't think there's any shortcut to that point. I think you actually have to go through that mimic phase and then, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. I wish there was, but, um, what, okay. So if, what steps does a musician who has the similar goals of you, as mm-hmm. you is playing in the stadiums, the Grammys, right? What do you, what do you do on a daily basis to make that happen? Like, what do you have to do as a musician? Oh, um, it's different every day. But I try to um, t- to write at least like once a day, whether it's just something in my head or um, writing a full song. Um, when I'm really going hard writing songs, I'll, I'll write like maybe five songs a week. Crazy. Um, so I feel like you're always writing every time we've talked. I am. I am. Um, and it, it's it's funny because a lot of times, like I co-write a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, it's, it's the reason why I moved to this town because, um, I p- essentially made this town, my college, mm-hmm. um, to learn from, you know, the best songwriters in the industry. Right. And so, um, a lot of time, like someone said this to me and it like really shook up my world, but then it made sense. Um, like 99% of the time, like you step into a room, like to co-write, it's just practice. Wow. <laughs> which is like, really, what am I doing? You know? Um, and, but that like, but you don't know when it's practice. And you when don't it's not. know because like the, the chances of like you getting three people in a room that are a hundred percent that day are very slim to none. Um, and with an idea that just falls in your lap. But when you do get that, it's the best feeling in the world and it's absolute magic. Wow. And those songs will literally keep me up for nights just like dreaming about them that's so much fun yeah um so but going back to what you said um writing songs constantly um working on vocal runs and stuff Mm -hmm. like that like trying to constantly evolve like my voice um really trying to hone in like on the guitar um and artists now have to be entrepreneurs so um because we have to build a brand and have a label buy-in now instead of the label coming in from the ground floor and building you up. Right. Um, which is good and bad. Um, 
so, but uh, I'm, I'm running a, a lot of my business on, on my own. I'm very thankful to have amazing managers, um, and they handle a, a lot of the big stuff, but, um, like, you know, I was just driving the bus last night and <laughs> cutting the checks when everyone got off. And yeah. um, so all of all of the little things that that go into it. Um, yeah, I, I just I just try to outwork everyone. So, wow. Yeah. That's what you did in rodeo. That's what you're doing. And uh, that's right. <laughs> your music. That's right. OK, so what are three lessons that you've learned over your career so far? Okay. Rodeo music that uh, can apply to a broader audience. Okay. Um, show up. I love that. That's like mine. Yeah. Don't yeah. be intimidated. Don't be scared. Don't feel like you're less. Just show up and see what exactly, happens. Exactly. Exactly. It's really easy to let fear sort of take over in that sense. And yeah. I, it, intimidation is a really good word to use mm-hmm. because it's really easily it's really easy to get intimidated by other people that are doing what you're doing. And maybe you think they're they're better or whatnot, but really we're all just trying to, to be the best versions of ourselves. And so, um, but it is intimidating. Yeah. So, um, sometimes it's hard to show up. Um, but when you do, it's really rewarding and whatnot. And so, um, yeah, show up and, um, work your butt off because everyone's got their own talents, you know? Um, but I mean, if you weren't up today at 6am with in front of this camera, you know, like, how would anyone know your talents? I, I didn't make you come with at this. six. It's later than six, right? No, now. you you text me Don't at six, <laughs> so I know that you get up and you work your butt off. So, um, yeah, um, and then um, be humble and work work with people that in your gut you know are um, in it for you. Obviously, everyone wants to succeed together, but um, I th- I th- I think you you know in your in your gut and in your heart um who's there for the right reasons at, at least i do sometimes i go against it and every time i go against it i regret it you know mm-hmm. um but follow your gut instincts and um have fun so show up work hard be humble sure yeah those I, I think <laughs> if I was going to say three, those would probably be mine. Honestly, really? cause I, I feel like showing up is probably 75% of the battle. Absolutely. Working hard is yeah. the remaining. T- like yeah. you have to work hard right. if you're going to show up. But nobody wants you to show up unless you're humble. Like you don't want to be the guy exactly. that nobody wants around. Yes. So, yeah. I like those a lot, Kylie. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for um, thank you for waking up early at 6 a.m. And, and hanging out with me this morning. I really enjoyed our combo. Thank you for having me. Uh, I yeah. learned so much. Boudin. Boudin. You're going to have some. I'm going to make you try it. I got to figure out how to say it. I don't care if you don't eat pork. Spell it for me. Do you eat pork? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, B-O-U-D-I-N. Boudin. Boudin. Yeah. Billy's Boudin. You're saying it wrong. What up? That's that's cool. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited to see what's next for you. Thank you. Me too. 2018 and so far 2019 has been huge for you. Yeah. And I'm sure it's just up and up for you. Yeah. 1920. We've got some cool stuff um, in the works. I'm really excited. So, uh, I, I have to end on one last question. Where okay. did Kylie f- French, French fry is your, so no one can get my name right. So, um, it's pronounced fry obviously. Um, but everyone says fray Whoa. and That's genius. So, um, and I am French. So it's, huh. I'm, I'm Kylie French fry. Gotcha. I sort of just got tired of people saying fray. 
What a great way to attack um, that problem. And so I'm like, everyone remembers Kylie French Fry. Yeah. Check her out, guys. And who doesn't love French fries? Can't wait for what's next. Right? Thank you. Thank you.